0: This morning, I, uh, I want to share with you a time I remember when I was in grade four. Anyone in grade four? We have a few more school kids here now. That's great. Grade four, I was about 10. How old are you? I was about 10 at the time. I still remember the classroom I was sitting in. I still remember the, the, the chair I was sitting in, where in the room, the, the kids that were around me. And the teacher asked us a question, and I straight away thought, yep, I know the answer to that. And we were supposed to discuss it in our group, and uh, then answer back to, the, to the, t- the the class what our answer was. And we, we started to talk about it and I said, oh, I'm pretty sure it's this. And one of my friends like, no it's not, as if, man, good on you, uh, you know, like primary school kids do, uh, do they still do that? Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, you're, you're silly. So I sort of shrunk back in my box, and the discussion continued, and then we have to answer and everyone answers and then the teacher says, well, you're all wrong. And I'm like, oh, I knew it. And he says the answer, I was right. I was right all along. <laughs> I'm like, you should have listened to me. <laughs> and right then at that age of 10 in grade four, I suddenly realized I have a voice. I have a voice. I have, a, I have ideas. I have beliefs. I have knowledge of some things. Sometimes I'm Right. And sometimes I shouldn't listen to my friends. It's like if you're doing a test. Don't ever look at the person's paper beside you and see that he's got a different answer and go, oh, I better change it because you might be right and he might be wrong. It's not worth it. That's a little tip. This morning, if we've got the PowerPoint there, um, I want to talk about the fact that there are many voices. We got that there? No, not yet. There we are. There are many voices in our world that say what is right, what is good, what is true, what is... Um, what is the best. There's many voices about what's the best football team. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, There are many voices about uh, what's good, what's right, what's valuable. But there is only one voice that really matters and that's the voice of God. God says what is true. God is the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. His word is authority. His word is true. And we've got to be careful what voices we listen to. Amen. I want us to turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. And at the time when this is written, uh, Israel has been taken captive. Israel are captives and they've they've finally begun to cry out to God and say, God, please free us from our oppressors. Free us from those ones that have taken us captive. And there's some people that have risen up and there's some people that are saying, I believe God's speaking to me and they speak out words that are lies. There are people that are speaking and saying, God says whatever, but it's not true. And this is what God says to his prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse Oops, I turn that off instead of on. uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4. It says, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. And all the grandparents said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) Multiply, do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. We should pray for the welfare of our city and our nation. This is what the Lord of the heavens armies, the God of Israel says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. God knows the plans he has for you. These people were captives in, in, and they're saying, God, why? why is this so? How can we, why is this like this? And God, when are we going to be free? But God says, be still, be calm, pray for the city you're in. I'm going to restore your fortunes. I'm going to free you. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to do as I've said. But trust me, I know the plans I have for you. He hasn't given up on their plan, his plans for him. He has plans for them and he's going to continue his plans for them. I remember the first time that I was overseas when I was 18 years old and I got the chance to share the gospel with people in another country and I thought, God, who am I that you have allowed me this privilege and opportunity to share with other people? God, why have you allowed me, little Andrew from Colac, to come and talk to these people in another country about you? Why, why didn't you call someone down the road? Why is not it, it me, Lord. And we've got to come back to that thing of God knows the plans he has for us. We might doubt his purposes, we might doubt his plans, we might doubt what he's saying, but he will never change his plans. He knows the plans he has for us, to give us a future and a hope, not for disaster, but to use us for his glory. And we've been blessed this last week or so to have Pastor Joe and Pastor Paul with us. And um, those of you who have got to meet them, um, they're just Two beautiful ladies who love God and love people. And I'm going to ask Pastor Paul to, to come and we're going to ask her some questions this morning and let her share uh, her heart just a little bit with you. I'm just looking for a microphone. There we are. Can we give Pastor Paul a hand as she comes? the Paul's been to all different countries around Asia and China and, uh, sorry, China's part of Asia, I mean, that's one of the countries she's been to (laughs) and uh, God's used pole in amazing ways I'm sure she's thought, God, who am am I that you would use me and I know the Philippines is a nation that is, uh, there's a lot of Catholic influences but there's also a lot of other influences into that even Catholic ideas and and you grew up in a, a Catholic home, could you tell us how you came to know Jesus yourself?
1: I grew up in a Catholic family. I know how to recite the rosaries, the novenas, doing all the kinds of rituals of the Catholics. I knew, I knew them all because I brought up the Catholic and I went to a Catholic schools, And uh, I love going to church and bringing my my small brothers and sisters thinking those things will become I become righteous I will become I will be closer to the Lord and uh, be in heaven and then uh, one one day in my uh, university days my uh, landlady uh, invited me to attend uh, a born-again Christian service then I heard the word from the Bible it says all have sinned and come short in the glory of God and all our righteous acts are like a filthy rugs in the sight of God and we can fall short in the glory of God then I thought to myself oh I am nothing in the sight of God so then I realized I need to surrender myself to him accept him as my Lord and Savior then my life uh, was changed. God became more real to me. His word became alive. My life became uh, meaningful and purposeful. And uh, serving Him uh, is my delight. Because I, when when I was uh, in high school, I I went to the Catholic Church and run by an uh, by a nun. I uh, I thought, oh, I want to be like them. I want to be a nun in serving God. But when I've a uh, but when I've uh, when I become a Christian, born again Christians, my my uh, my, uh, my, uh, my my delight in serving God become become more real and become more uh, I become more closer to him. Uh, really it really changed my heart because uh uh in, in in knowing and surrendering my, uh, in surrendering and acknowledging, acknowledging his lordship over my life it really gives me a difference and and, and i and i will be not be like this if i uh, there's no god in my life
0: yeah yeah amen praise god all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home amen yeah, yeah. and uh, you mentioned your brothers and sisters then and you're one of 10 kids yes and uh, your parents were often away working yes. and I think sometimes uh, many of us maybe would maybe uh, feel a little hard done by maybe if we were left home with all the ten brothers and sisters and uh, had to look after them and care for them (laughs) and but as I was talking with you the other day you talked about how you could see that God was stirring in you a heart for ministry even at that time. Can you share about that?
1: Yeah I have uh, 10, I have worked 10, I am the third I, uh, because my parents are, are, were, always, were not always with us, so I'm the one tending them and in charge of homes, <laughs> doing all things at homes. <laughs> so all of my adolescent uh, period, adolescent life, was spent in tending my, my brothers and sisters and doing household choirs. There's a lots of uh, sacrifices, and I was learned to really serve my families. And then, uh, and that uh, through through those things, I've uh, I've I've uh, through those things I've realized just like Moses Moses was prepared by the Lord for forty, for 40 years tending the ships. so the Lord prepared me for many years for uh, for tending my, my family my brothers and sisters because he has a great plans in my life. Mm. He uh, for me in ministry. Uh, really, it, honestly, ministry is so a lot of sacrifices. More of others, <laughs> more of uh, serving because I was, uh, was trained to that uh, area uh, for me. Uh, it makes me more effective and God's glory was, uh, was more uh, glorified and magnified through those experiences.
0: Yeah, pretty good. It was the first, day, first or second day they were here, um, they came over to our place for lunch and I think it was before, just while we were getting lunch ready even, they were sort of like, oh, can we, can we do some dishes for you? I'm like, no, no, you're our guest. And yeah. That's yeah that's sometimes uh, okay
1: I, I want uh, in my uh I have said before my my adolescent life was uh, was more uh, was spent more on tending uh, tending families that's why I have no social life and no love life <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of sacrifices <laughs> mm.
0: Ministry is social isn't it yeah, thank you Lord. But um, when I become
1: Christian, I've learned how to socialise with other people.
0: Thank you Lord. Another thing I, I noticed talking with you and Pastor Joe, um, you're both, you've, you've known each other for a very long time, uh, you, you've planted the church yes. of Tehillah for a, together, yes. and, but you're both very different, you have different yes. gifts and strengths, and I see that that hasn't been a, a challenge but yes. a, a blessing to you. Can you yes. talk about that?
1: Yes, uh, we have known Pastor Joe for many times. We belong to a same church, but we're not close to each other. Uh, but uh, one day in a mission house, we prayed together. And then uh, there, uh, the, the moving of the Holy Spirit was very strong. And then we came to the point where kneeling and praying to the Lord and crying to Him. And then we received a word. Uh, we receive a word then I asked her what's the word you receive from the Lord she said I saw a vision that both of us are handling uh, uh, are handling a net with full of fishes insights and then uh, I said oh that's also the word uh, that's also the word I received from the Lord in Luke 5 the Lord said I will make you fishers of men so we so that's uh, we uh, that, uh, that one event, we receive one message in a different ways. So we, uh, we know we have different giftings, we have different personalities, we have, uh, we have different strengths, but we complement each other. Uh, he's more on a seer, but I am more on, a, on how or in, a, in, a, in a details. She's more on the, on the young people, I am more on the children. We, uh, we respect each other. We know and acknowledge our, individ- uh, our individual giftings and uh, talents. That's why we respect each other. And we, uh, we keep on, so we, we really come together in prayer. Every time we really come, really in prayer, asking, seeking the Lord the directions or else we will be classed always because we have different personalities. We have different <laughs> uh, gifting. So that's why we, we keep that in, uh, we, we, we're, we're, we keep that unity. We keep one uh, that oneness in the spirit by being always in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. And then uh, we, have, we have one goal. We have one goal. That's goal is for uh, for the uh, believers to come to the church, uh, at, at to come to the church, that they will be that they will be uh, more effective in ministry, that they will be uh, more uh, uh, that Christ, be, they will know more that Christ be formed in them.
0: Mm, amen. Amen. And uh, just during the prayer meeting this morning, I, just the verse came to me that they will know us by our love for one another, and yeah. God help us have that kind of unity together, that even though we have different gifts, that we yeah. complement each other and work together for God's glory. Yeah. Just finally, we all have different things God stirs us in, and different things that God does in bringing us to himself. Um, what's, what's one of the passions that God's put on your heart for his church?
1: Yeah, uh, one of the passions God put in my heart is to to make or create a pathway for the believers and uh, the new believers for the old, so that they will be uh, they, uh, they 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 will they will emerge in their giftings. They will uh, they will have the uh, emerge in giftings that they will be faithful in their uh, faithful in the calling and be effective in the ministry. Mm. Uh, uh, creating, uh, creating pathways Let's like uh, doing uh, uh, every year a uh, youth camp and children's camp. We have uh, doing discipleships for the young adults, for the children, for the uh, young people. And for, uh, for families, uh, we are creating uh, uh, this, uh, discipleships and visitations and outreaches and, and evangelisms.
0: Yeah, it's exciting to hear how that youth camp's grown and how the young people that were first saved maybe in the camp that are growing up and now leading that youth camp. That this church has been a part of, it's been supporting, and it's exciting. So, thank you, Pastor Paul, and it's so good to have him with us. And they're going to be back next next Sunday. We'll be back with us in Colac. So, okay, have we, have we got some more kids here now? Oh, I was worried we weren't going to have enough kids this morning. C- can I ask if the kids would come down the front right now? All the kids. If you're in primary school, if you're between 2 and 20, if you really want to come, you can. <laughs> These guys are already here. That's good job. Awesome. So, now, um, I've got a little box over here. I should get my box of things. Um, Sally's so saying, oh, I know what's in there, Dad. Have you been looking? <laughs> so I have a box, and in this box... Uh, uh, prizes, I'm calling them. They're not bribes. They're prizes. They're not. They're not bribes. And uh, they're re- rewards for people who are paying attention and helping out this morning. So um, if you're still sitting there and you want to come, still, um, Kerry's looking at me like, "Oh, can I, Andrew?" No, no, just kidding. <laughs> so, Radio, right, yeah, I need I need to get a volunteer this morning, guys. Um, uh, we've got lots of willing volunteers. Okay, hang on. I, I picked on Grade Four before, didn't I? So let's have a grade four. Come on, come on up. Uh, oh, hang on. We should interview you too. Here we are. So ne- ne- This one's on too. Hey, come up come up here. So c- can you tell us what grade you're in? I'm in grade four. And good, uh, in-, in case anyone doesn't know your name. You I'm introduce. Nikita. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dave and Matt, could you guys uh, come and be my helpers? So... Uh, r- you volunteered already, so you get a, uh, a, a I was going to say a, a bribe, no, a reward, prize, that's the word. Okay, so what I'm going to do this morning, actually, maybe if you can just, just sit back down over there just for a moment. And in my pocket here, I've got some texters. And um, I want you guys to guess how tall do you think she is? How, how tall? This tall? Yeah. Up a bit? Down a bit. Where, whereabouts do you reckon? Up a little bit? About there? About there? What do you think guys? Down, well, we'll, we'll put a little mark here. There's one mark. So some people think down a little bit. Maybe Tell me when to stop. We'll stop that there, there. Okay, so that's, that's guess A, guess B. This isn't a competition though. It's like we'll just love the people who lose. It's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so Matt's going to help me out here. Uh, would you like to come back up again? We're going we're to find out who was the closest to you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna trace around you <laughs> oh you're all wrong <laughs> so we have got to get the top part right especially but uh there we are and very brave volunteering for something you didn't know what we're gonna do we'll just move your arm out a bit there oh, don't want to draw any jump, jumper there we are there we are my text is dying how's yours matt we'll just i'll give it some hair uh, no this is dead <laughs> i'll let matt just finish that off um very good She's got a skinny head, I think, now. You've done a good job. <laughs> okay, ma- ha- let's step away and see how that looks. It probably doesn't look anything like you, but uh, <laughs> maybe let's draw some arms. Let's, can you just draw, draw in some arms there and make it look a bit more like a person there, Matt? That's good. Yep, yeah, that's... Uh, what a great artist. Can you give Matt and Dave a hand. Thank you. Oh, you guys want my helpers too. Thank you. That's a good job. Thanks, Dave. There you go. We'll just move this back over here. Can you give, give him a round of applause, say thank you? Sorry, Matt, no one's going to see you when you drum later. But um, so the purpose of that little activity is that we see people for how they look, don't we? We see people, how, how tall they are, what colour hair they have. We see the colour eyes. We see the things they do. We, he, we hear the things they say. And we sort of, we sort of go, yeah, they're, they're, I know how tall they are. Actually, you're all wrong. She's grown. <laughs> um, sorry Hartley that was a bit low um, a bit higher but we see people for how they look we see people for what they do and we think that's just how they are but God sees not just what we look like he doesn't see if you're five years old he doesn't just look and see. oh you're five you're only this big you can only do this much he doesn't see you and think oh you're, you're in grade four you can only do this much he doesn't see you and think you're just that person that's always like that and he sees who you can become God sees your potential. He sees who He created you to be. God doesn't just see your mistakes and the things you've been like in the past, but He sees what He can do in and through you for the rest of your life. Now, on the back of this, what do you reckon I've got on the back? Actually, it's a trick question. It's nothing. (laughs) What I was going to do is on the back, (laughs) I decided it was a bad idea. Actually, Rochelle convinced me. it was discussion, <laughs> mutual agreement. Um, <laughs> on the back, I was going to draw a picture of who you might become one day. and It was, was going to be this big, strong, I didn't know if I should do a, a, a man or a lady because I wasn't sure who I was going to get to volunteer. But I was going to draw a person that was going to be really big and really strong, about six foot three, and I'm going to say, God sees who you can become. But you know what? I decided it was a bad idea. Because God isn't just waiting till you get to six foot three to do something amazing in you. God, God, if I turned it around and showed you the person that He, he wants to use, I'd turn it around and we'd we'll see the exact same person. Because God wants to use us just as we are. He knows who we are. He knows what we've done in the past. But He can use us and He can see what's possible in and through us by His Spirit. Is that cool? I reckon that's pretty cool. Last week, uh, Pastor Joe talked about blind Bartimaeus and how... Oops, I was going to... I've got to click up my picture so you remember. God sees who we can become. We might get taller, but we can do things when we're smaller. Last week, Pastor Joe talked about blind Bartimaeus, who was born blind. And there's another part where it talks about the the disciples are saying to to Jesus, why was this man born blind? And they they say, did did he do something wrong? And Jesus Jesus says, no, this man is the way he is so that God would be glorified. And you might look at your life and think, why am I the way I am? Why am I this tall, this tall, this tall? Why am I this wide, this wide, this wide? Why, am I, uh, why have I got this gift? Why can I look after kids well? Why can I look after older people well? Why can I do this well? And it is for God's glory that you've been created the way you are. God sees what we can become. God sees our potential. No matter how old we are, whether you're in grade prep, grade 1, grade 6, year 10 or 110, God knows us, He loves us, and He knows the plans He has for us. God loves us. I want to read a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. It says, Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Whether you're in a body this big, a body this big, a body this big, you're free in Christ if you know Jesus as your Savior. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed in other words, we now understand who Jesus is, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You know, hopefully as we get older, as a kid, we we do grow. And that's good. Most of the time, that's good. Except you grow out of your favourite clothes. Has anyone got any favourite clothes they can't wear anymore? I have. To be honest, I've still got a t-shirt from the 1990 grand final in my cupboard. That's I won't say where that's from, but I saw it the other day. I thought, there's a little t shirt. I used to love that shirt. But God wants us to grow, God wants us to get bigger, but He also wants to grow our heart. He sees the outside of us, but the most important thing is our heart. And God wants to grow your heart. He wants to grow your love for God, your love for people. And it says He makes us more and more like Him, so we're changed into His glorious image. God wants to make us like Him. The Bible says when, when Jesus comes again, we're going to ha- have new heavenly bodies. Who knows what they're going to look like? Maybe they'll be 20 foot tall. I don't know. God knows. But God knows the potential that's inside of you. But we'll, we've got to remember, as it says in Ephesians 1, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Kids, I want to ask you... Here's a question. What's God blessed us with? I oh, will just go back a screen. What's God blessed us with? It's, it's in orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've already answered one. Every spiritual blessing. Yeah, fantastic. You've got the right answer. You've got a voice and it's right. Well done. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, but who's it, who's it through that we receive that blessing? Jesus, absolutely, yell it out. You've got a voice, it's right. (laughs) Every spiritual blessing is ours through Christ. And God sees our potential no matter how big or small we are, but it's through Christ. It's as we come to Him and let Him do His work in us. Because we're not God, but God can do amazing things through us. Amen? We're going to stop for a moment. We're going to sing a song. It's called Grace to Grace. I'm going to get the band to come. And this song starts, if we can put the words up, it says, if love endured that ancient cross. In other words, if Jesus went to the cross, I mean he did, Jesus died on the cross, he willingly went to the cross because he loves us so much. How precious is my Saviour's blood. It's because of what Jesus has done for us that we can be forgiven, that he doesn't hold our sin against us, that we have an amazing potential in Christ because of what Jesus has done for us. And it says, how wonderful, how glorious. The writer of the song is saying, how amazing is it what Jesus has done for us. His love that enables us to enjoy every spiritual blessing in Christ. Can we stand this morning? And you guys can stay here if you want to, if you want to answer some more questions later. And you guys can join in and sing. Let's all stand. If love endured the ancient Christ. God loves you, He values you so much that He came and was willing to give His life for your sin and for my sin. That's how much He loves you. You know, sometimes we have trouble seeing ourselves the way God sees us, don't we? And there's a guy in the Bible that uh, had trouble seeing himself the way God seen him too. And actually, I'm just thinking, you guys could probably sit down for a few minutes. Thanks, guys. Kind of a surprise for you two. (laughs) Sometimes we have trouble seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And there's a guy in the Bible called Gideon. And we can read about him in Judges chapter 6, but we won't read it all this morning because it'll take too long. And basically, Gideon, um, again, God's people have ignored what he said and they have gone into captivity. They've been uh, taken over by another nation. But then God sends, uh, it says, an angel of the Lord comes to Gideon. Gideon's hiding down in the bottom of a wine press. He's kind of down in a bottom room, hiding away. And then the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon, it says. And the, the angel speaks to Gideon. Is this, uh, there we are. And, and he says to Gideon, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valour. And Gideon replies by saying, but if you're with us, God, why is this happening? And God, if you're with us, why, is it, why are we in captivity? And God, we've been in captivity for so long. What are we doing here? And God, if you're for us, why, why is this thing happening against us? And God, how can this happen? If you're God, why is this happening? And, and, and whines and complains a little bit. That's my version of what he says. The angel of the Lord started off by saying, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valour. Turn to the person beside you and say, You're a mighty person of valour. Who feels mighty? I was going to look up the word valour, because I haven't got a very good definition of it, but it's good stuff. (laughs) It's strength, it's courage. You're a mighty man of valour, he says to Gideon. Gideon complains a little bit, and then the angel of the Lord says again, Go! Actually, before he says go, it says in the Bible, you read it, it says, The Lord turned towards Gideon. It says he, he looks back at Gideon. So, somewhere between him saying, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, Gideon starts complaining. And I think the Lord sort of goes, Oh, man. And sort of scratches his head and sort of turns away. And he says, He looks back at Gideon. And he says, Go in this might of yours. I have sent you. He completely ignores everything Gideon's just said. And says, Go in this might of yours. I have sent you. The God of heaven and earth is behind you. Why would you be afraid? And Gideon, the mighty man of valor, replies and says, "But I'm the weakest in my family, and my family's the weakest of all the families, and we're the smallest, we're the least. And God, how can I do this? Because I'm just a weak little person." And he whines and complains again. And then finally, God says, "Go! You will defeat the Midianites or the Midis, because it didn't fit on there, as they are one, as if they are one man." And now the army he's supposed to go and fight is probably over well over a hundred thousand people and he says to Gideon go in this might of yours you're going to defeat this army as if it's one man fighting against you and Gideon wrestles with God a little bit more there's some there's some fleece and things that happen and uh and finally Gideon's like rightio let's go and God says "Ah, ah, ah, wait a second you've got 32,000 men in your army What do you reckon? 32,000 against about 120,000. It's not very even, isn't it? 32,000 is a little bit outnumbered, isn't it? By our outward appearances. But God sees our hearts and he knows our pride in our hearts. He says, you're going to be filled with pride if you beat that 120,000 people with your 32,000. He says, I want you to send all the people home that are scared. And if you're called to go to war tomorrow, who thinks they'd be a little bit scared? Okay, I think we've got about the same percentage, so most of them left. (laughs) Most of them left and then he says, you know what, you've still got too many people Gideon and he says, I want you to go down to the river and he says, the one that drinks this way, use them and not the other guys and he ends up with 300 people, 300 people to go and fight against the 120,000 people in the other army. It's a little bit impossible unless you know God and Gideon goes and they defeat the other army and they win the battle and they go, wow God, that had to be you. Who knows, sometimes in our lives we get to a point where we think, this is not going to work, this has to be you, God, and then he does it. Yeah. I wonder if we come back and give him the praise he deserves. God knows who he's created you to be. God knows us better than we know ourselves. Does anyone know how many bones in the human body? How many... oh, 306, it could be 305, I think. No, I actually have no idea, but... <laughs> Good job, Nellie. Hold on. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows everything about us. He knows us everything internally. He knows us everything in our minds, everything in our hearts. He knows what we've done. He knows what we're going to do, because He knows the plans He has for us. He created us for a purpose. Now, kids, this is, a, this is a question for the kids, guys, the youth. You're going to let the kids have a go. Who can tell me who was the person that became the king of Israel? that beat a giant before that? Joseph. David! David, Fantastic! Well done, mate. There you go. So, before David beat Goliath, um, he was, was I was going to say too, if if you look at the picture, David's not the big guy, he's the little guy. He won, because with God, anything's possible. But before David defeated defeated Goliath, before he became king, you know, David was out in in the paddocks one day looking after the sheep, he was at home, and this prophet comes to their house, and the prophet says, I'm going to anoint one of your kids, saying to David's dad, Jesse, he says, I'm going to anoint one of your kids to become the future king of Israel. And Jesse's kind of like, ah, awesome! Rightio, boys, line up! And uh, he he sort of says, here's my oldest, it's got to be this guy. And Samuel's kind of like, whoa, this guy's awesome, he's huge, he's big, he's strong, he looks good, he's the man. But God says, nah, well, this is my version, um, <laughs> and and God says to Gideon, "No, that's that's not the one." You look at the outward person, but I look at the heart, and he's not the man. And he brings the next son, and he brings the next son, and he brings the next son, and he lines up all six sons, and he and Samuel says, "No, no, 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 no." He gets to the end, he's like, "Is this all there is?" <laughs> like Jesse, one of your sons is meant to be king, but it is not any of these. And Jesse sort of goes. Oh, um, well, there's the little guy. (laughs) He's out in the paddocks. He's looking after the sheep. I didn't bother getting him because I thought, well, you know, he's kind of little. Even David's own dad didn't see his potential in God. And even our own parents at times mightn't see our potential in God. Our brothers and our sisters mightn't see our potential in God. We might not see our potential in God. But they called David in Samuel said, we're not going to eat until this kid comes in and I anoint him because God has chosen him. And it was the little guy. It was a little guy that no one expected that God used in an amazing way. He had a heart after God, the Bible tells us. I want to read verse 7 of 1 Samuel chapter 16. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, this is talking about the older brothers, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, we, we see the height of Nikita and go, "Oh, she's that big, but she could defeat a giant and become a, not a king, you know, her potential in God, your potential in God is as big as God wants it to be. You can do anything that God has called you to be and do. i want to look at one more person this morning before we finish up. And who's heard the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 people? Yep, fantastic. How, does anyone know how many, how many oh, what, what did they feed him with? What did he feed the 5,000 people with? Yeah. Um, bread. bread and? Yes, fantastic. Good job, Faith. And it wasn't fish and chips, whoever said that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> Pretty close. It was fish and bread. Does anyone know how many bits of bread and how many, how many fish? Nathaniel. Uh, there was uh, 5,000 people but how many bits of bread and how many fish do anyone know Hartley there 5,000 people but how many bits of bread and how many fish So, say again or oh, five loaves that's, that, that bit's right so that, that one gets a prize there you go and who, who knows how many fish somebody Grace you put your hand up oh no Oh, Josiah, two! Yay, good job, mate. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> two fish and five loaves of bread. And you know what? The disciples, when they... J- Jesus said to them, I want you to feed these 5,000 people. And they're like, Jesus, you're crazy. We can't feed these people even if we spent a whole year's wages on this food. And it's, it's recorded in every one of the Gospels, in Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke at 9. But in John chapter 6, it mentions a little boy. It doesn't mention it in the other passages. But um, I think it was Philip, I think it's on the next, yeah, Philip says to Jesus, we can't feed these people. But then Andrew, a man full of faith, a man sees what what can become. He says, Jesus, there's a boy here, and he's got five loaves and two fish. Then he, sort of reality kicks in, he's like, but what can we do with that? (laughs) I just think of that little boy. Imagine, do you take your lunch to school? Yep. Anyone take, take their lunch to work? You've you've packed your lunch for the day. You go off to see Jesus. And you're sitting there with your little basket. You're thinking, why has no one else brought their lunch? Those silly people. And and you're sitting there with your five loaves and two fish. It's probably not like a loaf of bread like we're thinking. It's just a little thing of bread. And he's sitting there with his five loaves and two fish. And he hears that they're looking for food. And he's kind of like, I'm hungry. I could eat this. Or I can give it to Jesus and see what he'll do with it. And the boy at some stage must have said, well, I've got five loaves and two fish. And Andrew brings it and says, Jesus, what can we do with this though? He says, that's not enough. But if we give ourselves to Jesus, if we give what we have to Jesus, he's able to do extraordinary things with it. God's the one who spoke and planets came into being. If, if we give ourselves to him, He is able to use us in ways that we had never imagined. And that little boy who brought those five loaves of bread and two fish... He probably thought it was just such a simple thing that wasn't going to work even maybe, but he just did what he felt God prompted him to do. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about what he did. God knows the plans he has for us. I was going to show you a picture. There he is. He might have looked like that or not, but God knows the plans he has for us. We might feel insignificant and unable maybe like David when we're out in the fields we feel ignored maybe you feel weak and the least of anyone so why would God use you like Gideon maybe you feel like what you've got just won't cut it like the little boy with the loaves and the fish but God knows the plans he has for you you might feel like you've messed up in your life you've got all that baggage in your background you think how could God use me But God knows the plans He has for you. And kids, God knows the plans He has for you. And it's not when you grow big, it's today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day when He wants us to share the love of God with people. Today is the only day we ever have. And He wants us to be used for His glory. As it said in Ephesians, it begins, it all happens through Jesus though. We can only become who God created us to be as we put ourselves in his hands, as we surrender to him and say, God, you're the God of my life. Use me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for my sin, that I don't have to pay for those things that I've done, but you've paid it all. And now I'm free. We are free in Christ to live for his glory, to become who he's created us to be, to live this day for his glory. We're going to have communion in just a moment. Ask if the stewards would come and hand out the communion elements. The biscuit, which represents Jesus' body. Jesus said, do this as often as you meet together. Remind yourselves what I have done for you. The same way as God spoke to, to Jeremiah and said, even though you guys have abandoned me and done sinful, selfish things, I'm giving you grace and I'm going to lead you back into the land that I promised you. He shows them grace and in the same way for us, even though we've done the wrong thing and we might do the wrong thing this afternoon, God's grace is for us and He knows the plans He has for us and the plan He has for us is to come to Him and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done, to surrender our lives that we might live for His glory and become who created us to be. So can we just take a moment to think about the amazing grace of God that He would choose to create little old me, little old you but not only that, he chose to forgive us for our sins and he knows the plans he has for us, he, he knows the plans and he hasn't given up on you let's just take a moment, just close your eyes and, and thank God for what Jesus has done for us upon the cross but it's only by his grace that we're saved, it's by what he's done for us that we can become who he's created us to be just talk to God thank you Jesus praise you God thank you Jesus God knows the plans he has for you not for disaster but to give you a future and a hope the wages of sin is death as Pastor Paul shared that we are sinners that we are all sinners our, 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 our greatest deeds are just like filthy rags to God but Jesus came and paid the penalty for our sin he took our death penalty upon the cross we can be forgiven and have eternal life just this morning as communion's headed out maybe just with our eyes closed this morning maybe there's someone here that you've never surrendered your life to Jesus that you're hearing about his love you're hearing about what Jesus did for you on the cross and you want to become who he created you to be your life isn't currently you haven't been aware of his love you don't feel like you've been who God created you to be But this morning, you want to surrender to him and say, God, help me to to become who you want me to be. You want to admit your need that you need a saviour. Kids, too, this morning, if you can just close your eyes. Is there anyone here this morning that would like to say, yes, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to give my life to you. I want to become who you made me to be you, Jesus. If that's you, just lift up your hand for a moment so I can see, and I just want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else this morning that just want to surrender to your life and say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for those that have lifted their hands this morning, God. I thank you, Jesus, for your plans for us that you knew we would be here today that we'd be reminded of your love and your grace and god i thank you that you died on the cross so that we could be set free from the power of sin and darkness lord thank you for the victory we have through jesus god i pray this morning that as we eat and drink in a moment that we would be reminded of the victory we have in you that we would be filled with joy and peace of your salvation that god would be So stirred with your love that we would be empowered to go out and tell people about your love and your grace and your gospel. God, we thank you. It doesn't matter how big or how small or what we've done, but it's by your power that we live and move and live for your glory, God. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks and praise. Let's eat and drink, celebrating and remembering what he has done for us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God sees every heart. He knows every heart. And this morning, if you have some need in your life, God longs for you to talk to Him about that need. If you have some challenge in your life, I just encourage you at this time just to say, God, help me in this. I don't know the way forward, God, but just help me in this situation. Maybe you need healing, maybe you need wisdom, whatever it is, God tells us to ask. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you that you don't look at the outward appearance, but you look at our hearts, God, and I just pray that you would respond to each heart this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you love each one, and God loves every one of you kids, and we, we want to tell you how much we love you guys and appreciate that you. you're a part of this church, and uh, those of you who missed out on a prize, I've got a prize for you afterwards as well, but we're going to have a cup of tea and coffee in a moment, but first, can we just stand and sing that, I don't know if it's the chorus or whatever it is again, but when I see the cross, I see freedom. When I see the grave, I see Jesus, and from death to life, I will sing your praise. God's created us for His glory, and let's stand and give Him the praise that He deserves this morning. Amen.